0: uh, our Stevens Point campus has been with us the whole time. The reason they've been with us the whole time is a bunch of the guys in their worship team got the COVID, the COVID, so they're all out. Anyway, we're trusting they will be fine. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. Uh, a lot of people have been getting it actually around here. Several people. So I'm looking at some of them <laughs> have had it uh, and they've been fine. Um, I know there's a risk for people who have underlying health conditions where it can be really nasty, and you wanna be careful with them. But don't live in fear and paranoia. That is not the majority of people. You still have a 99.9% chance of being just fine. Some argue, no, no, it's 99.4, whatever, all right? It's just, it's still a pretty big stinking deal that you're gonna be fine. Don't live in fear. Uh, In fact, I probably shouldn't say this, but I can't stop. (laughs) All the people I have talked to that have had it, to a person, they've all said, if I had a choice between that and the flu, they'd take the COVID. They just haven't been that sick. And actually, it's even truer than that because the majority of people who get it show zero symptoms. (laughs) Thank God. For this, we have shut down the world and caused people to stop being able to gather and worship and stuff. It's just the reaction. I told you this from the beginning. I said, this is going to be the greatest overreaction in the history of mankind. Here's what's the scary part. What is going to happen when a real danger or 30, 40 percent of people die from it? Man, are we going to collapse like a deck of cards? Uh, what was the last big nasty, nasty thing was? Uh, yeah, what was the percentage of that? I can't even or there's one out of Africa. What was that one called Ebola? 40 percent of people who got Ebola died. And thank God that stopped. So anyway, as far as this, hang in there. Don't live in fear. Be smart. Don't be stupid. They can be nasty to some people, but we shouldn't live under a rock and hide from something uh, that has this kind of percentages. My personal opinion, if you disagree with me, if what I just said makes you angry, send your email to Becky (laughs) at (laughs) CelebrationChurch.tv (laughs) Because I don't really want to hear it. All right. (laughs) Anyway, so anyway, that's why the guys at Point have been with us the whole service. Appleton just joined us. Uh, Let's recite together. And everybody at home. There's still, most of the people are still at home. Although more and more are coming uh, live. Uh, Still, believe it or not, over half of our church is still at home. I think uh, probably about a third have been gathering. Uh, Two-thirds still at home. So there's still a lot of people there. And we're glad you're still sticking with us. Uh, during this time. And even if you're choosing to stay at home, you don't need to live in fear. Fear is a thing that will just rot your bones and give you other problems. So be smart, make your choices, that's fine. Most of them are still at home. We're glad that you're with us. Anyway, let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us. I want to pause very quickly to remind people about the offering. We've been taking our offerings virtually, although there are those who are still mailing in their checks because that's what they want to do, and that's fine. We are grateful uh, for all of you who continue to support the church or at any of the campuses. There's buckets and stuff. On the way out that you can put in there a lot of people and we encourage more and more to just sign up for recurring giving you don't have to do anything once you've set it up that means every week you're going to give x amount of money uh this is the easiest thing for all involved and certainly helps us in terms of budgeting uh uh, a huge help to the church let me encourage you to do that if you haven't done it there are those who can still give online or by phone And uh, and what you do is you just use your phone and you text. Actually, I want everybody to do this today because today is also Mission Sunday. So unless you don't have a credit card, many people do not, or a debit card, everyone should be picking up their phone right now. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Yes, everybody have their phones? Don't just look at me like that. Pick up your stinking phone. All right. Now we're all going to send a message. To this number, this is the number, 77977. Seven, seven, seven. All right, is that right? Make sure I'm doing some. Now we're going to type in CCWI, and then the word missions. I don't care if you're giving 25 cents. Everyone do this, please, unless you don't have a credit card or debit card. Many people do not. All right? And then put in the amount. This is a special mi- mission. We do this once a year, once a year, once a year, once a month. Some of you do it once a year. That's why I'm making you do it all right now. All right. And then just the dollar amount, correct? Okay. Becky, keep you on tab. Do you have to put it in the dollar sign? No. no. What if you do? I don't know. You don't know. All right. It still works? All right. So put in everybody. If it's 25 cents, if it's a dollar, everybody do something. Or those of you who can do more. How are you doing there, Mrs. Gunker? Are you with me? Okay, good. All right, just asking. (laughs) By her hooded mission, she tells me, sometimes I just don't pay attention to what you're saying. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) which is half our congregation most of the time. But anyway, so I got CCWI missions and then the dollar amount and I am hitting send. There you go. Thanks for your generosity. Well, thank you for thanking me. There you go. Now, if you've done it for the first time, it'll ask you to set it up your account with your credit card or debit card. Once you do it, you don't have to do it again. I've done it before. Most of us have done it before. Boom, that's it. So that's just CCWI missions and then the dollar amount. All right? And that way, hopefully, we all have do something. Everybody just do something, even if it's not even a dollar. Everybody, CCWI missions so that we can start getting in the habit of giving to our missions program. And thank uh, Pastor Keith for that great update today as we were helping to feed thousands of people. This is a very, very cool thing. All right, enough of that. This morning, reading from Joshua, the fifth chapter, verse 13. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him. So this this is the children of Israel. They come through the desert after 40 years. They're finally going in to the promised land, but they have to fight for it. Up to this point, God does everything for them. But now he wants them to grow up and start doing some things for themselves and go out there and fight these people to take the land. So he's getting ready to go in and he's walking along and he looks up and he sees a guy standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua goes up to him and says, are you for us or for our enemies? And it's an angel. And the angel says, neither. But I'm here as the commander of the army of the Lord. All right, that's our text Day. Now, we'll come back to this in a minute. Uh, last week in my message, I had mentioned some of my personal experiences with racism when I was a child growing up. And, and then I said toward the end that I don't see a lot of that kind of racism in America today. A few people didn't appreciate it, but let me clarify what I'm talking about. Now, I want to read to you this is not the Bible, this is something some people would consider their Bible, it's the NFL roster. And uh, uh, from all the different teams, there's the uh, Detroit Lions, the Cleveland Rams, the Chicago Cardinals. The Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals were the St. Louis Cardinals who were at one time the Chicago Cardinals. What surprised me is I didn't know that there were uh, the Bears, but they don't count. Uh, uh, Just teasing. The Brooklyn Dollars Dodgers. Do you know there was an NFL team called the Brooklyn Dodgers? Not just the baseball team. But anyway. So all this. Anyway, I want to show you the kind. This is from 1941. I want to show you the kind of information they gave. They gave the name. uh, What school they went to, which they still do today, but they continue. They show where you live. And very important, there's a whole category of just nationality. So this is the Green Bay Packers. Lineman. Charles Brooke. He's Irish. Edward Frutig, East Swiss, C.R. Goldenberg, Jewish, Thomas Greenfield, German, Don Hudson. Anybody hear him? English. Uh, It goes on and on. In the NFL, they tell you what nationality everybody is. There's Irish, German, Welsh, Italian, Russian, Scottish, Serbian, Croatian, Polish, and on and on the list. They, Hungarian. Everybody wanted to know what nationality you were. This is 1941. This is during or just toward the end of World War I. World War II, sorry. World War II. They're fighting a big war because the guys over in Germany uh, were wanting to take over the world. They say, well, the Germans were racist. Yes, but everyone was racist. The problem everybody had with the Germans is they said they were the superior race. <laughs> And they were trying to kill people. And they, we fought them back. But we you think we're racist. I'm telling you, America today is nothing like this. Our great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents in this country were serious racists. But everybody was racist. Uh, and they wanted to know in the NFL, who is that guy? Well, his name's Fred. No, no, no. What, what, what race is he? Who are his people? This was common. You could never do this today. There would be a fit like you cannot believe, and not a single person in this roster is listed as an American. No, no, no. We didn't even think of Americans in those days. What What are you? What nationality? And this is a time where people would put in their stores if they were looking to hire people. Irish need not apply. Polish need not apply. We were talking about Polish last week. You know, whatever group you were, a lot of us remember some of this. The older you are, the more you remember it. It was an intense time. You couldn't get into certain schools. You couldn't get jobs. Uh, you were, people would be really nasty towards you based on whatever group you came And there's nobody who's black in any of this. They weren't allowed to play at that time. So, while uh, there was racism at all levels, it was particularly harsh to African Americans. There are also no Latinos in there. I checked. There's not very many Puerto Ricans who play football. <laughs> Baseball. Baseball, yeah, there's some mean Latinos playing. But uh, I was a friend of Reggie White, and I was talking one day. He said, Hey, Reggie, what? You know, his gravelly voice. I says, you know why there's not very many Puerto Ricans who play football? He goes, what is that? I so said, look at me. Anyway, do I look like a threat to anybody? Come on. But apparently there's eight today that are playing. They must be big Puerto Ricans. I haven't seen them. Anyway, uh, that kind of hatred and nastiness has been very much dealt with. It is illegal. You can't reject people based on their color, Uh, You can't reject them from a job or schools or any kind of thing. Actually, to be honest with you, for a long time, it was an advantage to be a person of color. We always told our kids, whenever you're filling out any form, always put, you're a Latino. You're Hispanic. They say, why? Because they didn't even think in those terms. But I was raised in that. I said, if you do it, you'll have an advantage. Because I'm telling you. So uh, that kind of, when I say... I don't see that today. This is what I don't see. The kind of stuff that I grew up with. Are there still people who look down on people because of their colors? Well, of course there are. Um, But not like it was. Um, There's been major strides in America concerning racism. But that's not to say that now suddenly everybody is filled with love for their fellow man. It's just that we found lots of other things to separate us from people. You know, the Bible never says a thing about racism. As nasty as that is, how come the Bible never mentions it? Because racism is just another, what the Bible talks about is division. Looking at people and separating yourself from people who are different than us. There's always this culture of us and them. This is the first thing that Joshua says to this angel. Are you for us or for them? angel goes, I'm not for either one of you. I'm here for the Lord. All right? Which is a great solution to all of these problems. Anyway, we live in a social culture today that uh, sociologists refer to as grouping culture. We live in a grouping culture world. Everybody has their group. And we love our group. And the problem isn't so much the group is when you don't like people from other groups. Okay? There are uh, uh, political groups today. Obviously, we're in the middle of insanity right now with uh, a, political and a political and really of any opinions. There are people, whatever opinion you have becomes a group. And... What's horrible is how nasty they are to people who are not part of their group. If you're a Republican, there's a lot of people who hate your guts. If you're a Democrat, there's a lot of people who hate your guts. Why? Because we separate ourselves. People have always found ways to separate themselves from other people. If you are a pro-mask person, there's a lot of no-mask people who hate your guts. And if you don't wear guts, or if you don't wear guts, if you don't wear a mask, there's a lot of people who don't wear masks who hate you for that. And they just come at you. Uh, even foot, football teams, you know? If you're of the right team, we love you. If you're of, not of the right team, we don't think very highly of you. And it's interesting. as you If you go to like another city, and we travel a lot, and we see somebody with a Green Bay Packer hat, we love that person. <laughs> Immediately. You know what I'm talking about? Or if you go to another, you know, if you're going to a different away game, and, uh, and, and I don't know if you've ever done an away game. Anybody ever go to an away game or something like that? Yeah. People are really mean. They don't like you when you walk in with cheese on your head. That puts you in a group for sure. Okay? But they, and they can be really mean. Really mean. One of the things I love about Green Bay, when people come to Green Bay, and I always tell this to people, you say, you ought to come to a game here. Oh, I don't like going away. I says, you won't have a problem in Green Bay. We're not mean to people by and large, that are from the other team. We're just not. This is the nicest place in the world to come to an NFL game. If your gay team plays in Green Bay, you ought to come to Green Bay. Because you know where people are saying, hey man, we're glad you're here. Thanks for coming to Green Bay. That's the kind of people we are. So we're kind of nice, but because we have nothing else. Okay? So it's, it's not that we're holier than anybody. It's, you know, we're glad you came. <laughs> we brought a friend and we were downtown and uh And it says, so so where's downtown? (laughs) You're in it. Do you know the highest building in Green Bay is the stadium? They're shocked. You guys don't have skyscrapers? No. Don't you have banks? Yeah. They're just little. All right. Because they like the Bank of America. You know, all these things. Every, Every city where the NFL is massive buildings everywhere you come here it's like where is everything this is it so we're very nice to you because we're glad you're here (laughs) spend your money please all right so uh you you have groups just over hobbies if you got a certain hobby that other people have the same hobby uh, there's an instant connection this is uh, the way we live today. Is cars if you have the right car i i I have an old corvette it looks new but it's old kind of like me (laughs) i look new but i'm old uh, and uh, we belong toward, I see some people out there belong to the same group it's the Corvette group right and, and we all run around and we all instantly like each other because we're Corvette people alright now I'm pretty much one of the youngest guys in the group my wife she's like a toddler in this group <laughs> <laughs> that kind of separates us a little bit <laughs> but, but we like it because we're the group we don't hate people who drive other cars you're just not as cool as we are or can I say all right, everybody loves these groups. Uh, there's, uh, there's moms. Moms are a group, right? We even have moms' groups where you get together. Why do we have a mom's group? Because there's a connection. If, if you're a single woman and you're not a mom, you don't get it yet. You ever have a single person tell you how to raise your children? That's hilarious. They are the most delusional people on earth, they haven't a clue. You're thinking, no, <laughs> no, no, no. And all the moms look at all the ladies, wondering, because you, you don't get it yet, all right? You're not part of the group. They're singles, you know, they're a group. They're married people, they're a group. Everybody has their groups. They're, you know, it used to be a group in this country, neighbors, neighborhoods used to be a group. Now so some of you still live in neighborhoods where they still have kind of a group thing, but most of us do not today. I, I don't even know my neighbors' names. Most of them I've never even seen uh, because that's a part. We so become other parts of groups today. Church is a group, okay? We all have our groups. Used to be in neighborhoods, that was a dominant group in people's lives. And someone moved in the neighborhood, people would go and greet them and bring them pies and stuff like that. We don't give them anything. You know, just tell your dog to quit pooping on my yard. That's about all, you know. Uh, it's, it's, that's a group that's falling apart. So the groups and stuff change. Um, and race can be a group as well. Uh, but not always a bad group. You know, as I travel around the world, I'm, I'm talking to these large groups and stuff like that, especially in bigger cities. And as soon as I tell them I'm Puerto Rican, all the Puerto Ricans, they love me. <laughs> Instantly. It's, it's, it's hilarious, you know. Uh, or, you know, I, I share my DNA. You know, I'm 20% African. All of a sudden, they all love me. You know what I'm saying? Because we all want to find people. Because if you can be part of our group, you're in. Uh, so that's not a problem. The problem is when you don't like people that aren't part of your group or they're part of a group that you don't like uh, uh, and that becomes problematic. That is what the Bible talks about. In Galatians, the fifth chapter, verse 19, verse 19 through 21, Paul writes this, the acts of the flesh, this is the nasty part of human beings, are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, Fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. That's a nasty list. As I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, there's two words there that I barely registered on your, you know, orgies, all these nasty hatred, oh, yeah, the two words were dissension and factions. It's listed right with the other nasty stuff. This is the group mentality. Discords. You're not part of my group, and I don't like you because you're different than me. That is nasty as far as God is concerned. Even Christians have dealt with this. Paul writes about this to the, first, to the Corinthian church, First Corinthians, and the Corinthian church was all jacked up. But he writes this long letter to these Corinthians. And in the first chapter, in the very beginning of the letter... He deals with this problem. He says, I appeal, verses, uh, Corinthians 1, verse 10. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you. That's the problem. This is what the Bible speaks about, is this division problem. We highlight today the race part of it, but there's divisions constantly that people deal with. Um, He says, this is what I mean. One of you says, well, I follow Paul, the apostle. The other one said, I follow Apollos. He was another predominant uh, Christian in the early days of early Christianity. I follow Cephas, which is another word for Peter. You know, Paul, Peter. And then some are really arrogant and spiritual because they say, well, I, I follow Christ. We get these people today, right? I don't go to church. I, I, just, I, I just listen to Jesus. What they're saying is, I don't like Authority. <laughs> I'm going to deal with people so I can... I just talk to Jesus. That's all I got. And he says, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified? Were you Were baptized in the name of Paul? He's saying, stop it. We should all be here because of Jesus. You want to fix divisions in America today? You do it by focusing on Christ. As Joshua said to the angel, are you for us or for them? He says, I'm not for either one of you. I'm here for the Lord. That is the option that we can turn to that helps us understand everybody's my neighbor. I need to understand everybody. I need to love everybody and not hate you. Again, it's not that you're bad that you belong to groups. We're all part of a group. I don't care who you are today. You are part of some group right now. Just the fact that you're in church and a Christian, you're part of that group, the Christian group. And people sometimes will treat you differently. Once they know you're a Christian, they don't like you. I think we've all experienced that. And that's part of you know, carrying the cross. You know, people will not like you. We still need to let people know who we are. I don't like to tell people I'm a pastor when I first meet them because that's a major buzzkill. <laughs> I'm with a group of people and say, what do you do for a living? I always answer first, I'm a relationship speaker. Oh, really? They still like me and they don't act weird. The minute I'm telling them I'm a pastor, they all get creeped out and they all change different. All of you would change. I tell you, if I came and lived to your house, came to your house today, uh, you would act differently <laughs> because I'm the pastor. It is what it is, Right? We had one couple stay with us for a while. And uh, after a while, they said, you know, there's, there's something special about, about your life. So what do you mean? He says, the whole time we've been we've li- living with you, we haven't fought one time. I said, that's because you know I can he- hear you. It's, that's it. That's it. I'm telling you, some of you guys that don't get along, you come stay in my house, you watch. Y'all going to be sweet as pie to each other. Hi, baby. Hi, how you doing? Oh, I'm so good. La, 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 la. You're not going to go, ah, oh, shut up. You shut up. none of that's going to happen because I can hear you. <laughs> Make no mistakes. While we have made huge strides addressing racism as part of a group problem in America, there's group problems constantly. And, and what really becomes a problem is when we connect a group to another group. The whole racist problem is because, you know, when they tie it to politics, now it's a mess. That's what they've been doing. Some people have been, you know, they they might have a legitimate complaint. As soon as you tie it to politics, now it's all gotten out of control. Now, and I was trying to help last week by helping you to understand where some of these people are coming from. For example, when they say black lives matter and you say all lives matter, that's very insulting to them but it would be insulting to anybody. If you felt like you didn't matter and you said, uh, but, but I matter, and everybody said, wow, everybody matters. You've just been dissed. That hurts you. You raised, I, as last year, last week, a hard time talking today. Uh, last week, I mentioned that if you're the kind of person all your life that you were told you were a nobody, you were a nothing, your parents put you down, your siblings put you down, your grandparents put you down, there's people who've lived like this. You're always a failure, you'll never be good. And at some point, a point, you say, you know, but I matter. And everybody turns and says, everybody matters. Do you see what a diss that is to that person? You say, well, it's true. Yeah. But when someone's, all they're trying to say is, I matter. That's all they're trying to say. They're not saying nobody else laughs. They feel these group of people, and not all African-Americans buy into this by any means, or people of color, when they say Black Lives Matter, they're trying to say we matter. And to this you should say, of course you do. That's all you gotta do. And I get a big old fight with people on Facebook, getting all nasty and stuff. Now, there's a political version of Black Lives Matter, BLM. They're problematic, but because they've tied leftist political views to it, and it becomes all a big stinking mess. Um, I was listening to a guy, Miles McPherson, he's a pastor in, in San Diego. He's, he has a great analogy. How many of you here, and in and, and, and Stevens Point and Fox Valley, oh yeah, you people at home can do this too, but it won't really matter. <laughs> All the people who are right-handed, raise your hand. Okay. Where you're at, Mose, you're going to see most Okay, put your hand down. How many people are left-handed? It's a much smaller group. Now, all you left-handed people are going to know what I'm talking about. We live in a right-handed world. Okay? Trying to buy things is hard for left-handed people. It just, it is. See, here's a bitter one over here right now. Just... <laughs> And if we get together, we can start burning stuff down because this is not right, right? You go to a golf store. You're left-handed? You're a beautiful man, Mark. Yeah. You're a Steelers fan. I got a problem with that. But, you know, okay. We share groups and then we got other group problems. But we're lefties, right? You ever go to a golf store? Right? There's drivers. Can you find a left-handed one? There might be One. One is like, this isn't fair. It's in, it's in the corner, right? Because nobody, I know nobody. Would. <laughs> it's a problem. You go to play golf, you got to rent clubs. You, you can't even run left-handed clubs, or you do. They're the worst pile of clubs anywhere. It's. I'm a musician, guitar. We didn't rehearse this. I never rehearsed anything. This is a guitar. They're made for right-handed people. It's not fair. Now, I learned how to play, sort of. I would get this thing off. There we go. Olay! Oh, hey. uh, I was gonna do some country, you know But I'm playing upside down, backwards. This, this, do you know why? Because there's right privilege in this country. (laughs) Now now you laugh, but I'm telling you, the reality, and all you lefties know this, we have to work a little bit harder. It's harder for us. Now, no one thinks anything about it, but the reality, all you who are right handed can't even relate to what I'm talking about. Oh, come on. Get on. But it's because you're not a lefty. Even writing is a problem. All you lefties, say amen. See, when you're right-handed and you write, you write away from the ink, when you're left-handed, you smear over the link. Right? You lefties, know what I'm talking about, right? But yeah, we all fail penmanship, right? Because so, so we got a hard time doing it. Trying to, I got my, some people, you see them lefties, they write like this. Yeah, they're trying to avoid the smear problem because there's right privilege. <laughs> now you're just laughing. You know, I'm telling you, it's harder for us. You can take a sermon of color. I'm telling you, I know you can't relate to it because you can, any more than the right-handed people in here, you can't even relate to what we're talking about. You're like, oh, come on, ah, oh, come on. But it's real. It's a real problem. Do you know left-handed people have a higher rate of death than right-handed people? It's true because a lot of these tools and stuff like that Shotguns. When you're shooting the shell out that way. When you're left-handed. It's true. When I shoot right past my face. Do they even make a left-handed shotgun? I don't think so. Do they? They do for people like me who don't want to get hit in the face. All right? But it's hard to find. I've never seen one you got to order especially, yeah, left-handed people. We live on Amazon, man, because we got to order everything. And a lot of the stuff where there's dangerous things that happen, they say statistically left-handed people have more problems. I'm just telling you, it's real. But nobody can, if you're right-handed, you can't even relate to it. The same thing happens for people of color. There is stuff that is harder for us. It just is. Now, I don't think we have racism like this. We made huge strides in America. I don't think it justifies burning things down and all this other crazy stuff that some of these guys. But then that all happens because they get tied to the political side of it that gets crazy. But the thing is, I think we need to try and learn and open our hearts toward people from different groups. The main thing is the Bible tells us to love all the groups, love everybody in the groups. And we're all part of groups, but don't be nasty towards. Be like the Packer fans. They visit, be nice to them. All right? Love every. Give everybody a shot. I don't know if I'm making any sense to anybody. But... <clears throat> Ephesians says this, 6th chapter, verse 2. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Your problem is not people. You say, Pastor, you haven't met my mother-in-law. I'm telling you. <laughs> I love my mother-in-law. She's great. Your problem isn't people. It's the devil against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world. Man, talk about struggles today. But it's not about people. You can fight against what you think is nasty, mean stuff, but don't fight against people. And we all got to catch ourselves. I've done it, man. I go after some people on Facebook. But lately, I've just learned, stop. You know, they're not my enemies. We just disagree. Joshua said, "Are, are, are you for our group or the other group? The angel said the right thing. I'm for the Lord. That's why I am here. Ultimately, we need to look through the eyes of God towards everybody and to love everybody and try to understand when people are saying things, you know, I know that they're saying things like, well, they are, virtually everybody admits that you seem to well. Yeah, it's not like it was, but now there's systemic racism. I don't even know what they're talking about. To be honest with you, the system that we raised in doesn't exist anymore. Thank God. That was horrible. Those of you who are very, very white have never had to deal with it. I'm just telling you, it was nasty and it was hard. And there's a little bit that still exists today, but it's changed dramatically. But I know they're going after this thing, especially with the police. Because the police aren't being fair. Okay, then let's address that. All right? But now this is going to make some people mad. How come they aren't saying, how about we not break the law? Now, is it right for some racist guy because he's in a part of a group and doesn't like African Americans to kill? No. But, you know, if a cop tells you to stop, stop. I I said this before. Some of you guys remember, you young people. If a police officer tells you to stop, you stop. If you think you're being treated unfairly, deal with it later. He tells you to show your hands, show your hands. You so much as reach back to scratch your butt. They will shoot you that's unfair they're afraid just like you are they want to go home to their families Just they see other cops getting killed you start reaching for stuff they're going to shoot you if you think it's not fair deal with it later just cooperate you fighting and kicking and reaching and grabbing for stuff is what causes a lot of these problems there's not too many people that just walk up and just shoot you some of them might want to just walk up and shoot you but generally that doesn't happen and I get it. Let's fix it. But on the other side, there's another side to this. I've always stopped robbing people and doing all kinds of crazy things and stuff. And certainly, stop fighting them. You can fight back later. And I say this to all my color friends. Whether you're Latino like me, African American, whatever. If you're in a confrontation with a police man or anybody, and it doesn't. Some of them are black cops. You're in a situation like that cooperate to the best of your ability. If you think they're not being fair, deal with it later. You can always go back to it later and get their names and stuff like that and go to the police or to the press or whatever else like that. But it's not worth dying over. This stuff is not worth dying on and it's gotten out of control. Do we have problems with racism today? The truth is we have problems with groupthink, period. And people are constantly getting nasty towards people who don't think like their group. We're all part of groups, but let us not. We all need to love people because at the end of the day, everyone is our neighbor. Everyone is your neighbor. Doesn't mean just those living close to you, but all the people around us. We're in this world together. We need to love people. We need to be compassionate towards everybody. We need to treat others, Jesus said, like you want others to treat you. Guard your heart because there's that part of our sinful nature. It's just part of humankind that wants to be mean to people who are not in our group. And we need to be aware of it and fight it with the love of Christ. That's the only way we'll overcome it. Anyway, all right. (laughs) Let's move to our time of communion. Uh, As the musicians come out, wherever, point. (laughs) They're not coming out, they're sick. But uh, everywhere else. And, uh, And let's have our time of communion where... Uh, I want to read to this. This is back in First Corinthians again, Paul writing. He says, "Whoever eats or drinks of the cup, the bread and the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be answerable for the body and the blood of the Lord." He takes us really seriously. They call it, and we still refer to it as the body and the blood of the Lord. We don't get into the big theological implications of that. It's just this is what they say it is. This is what we say it is. But what he's saying is, don't do it in an unworthy manner. The next verse, he says, examine yourselves. Examine yourselves first, and then only drink of the cup and eat of the bread. We all struggle in life. And when we gather like this every week, we just ask for God to forgive us. So whatever you've been doing this week, some of you had a great week, some of you struggled, some said things you shouldn't have said, done things you shouldn't have done, whatever the situation, let's all bow our heads and let me pray a prayer of forgiveness for all of us. Heavenly Father, Before we turn our attention to the cross and partake of the bread and the cup, reflecting on Jesus' body that was broken for us, his blood that was shed, we pause to examine ourselves. Lord, if we've sinned in any way against you, we ask that you would forgive us. And as you're sitting there, if you can think of something specifically, just whisper it to God, between you and God. Confess these things. If we failed in any way, if we haven't loved you with our whole heart, if we haven't loved our neighbors as ourselves, whatever our situation, if we've been bitter and angry at people uh, and been harsh to people who are not part of our group, for the sake of your son, Jesus, who gave himself as a sacrifice for our sins, have mercy on us and forgive us of all of our sins. Strengthen us by the the power of the Holy Spirit. Help us walk in your will to walk in your ways and to live to the glory of your name. And as our heads are bowed and and we're just quietly examining our hearts and, and praying, if you're here this morning first time at any of our campuses online uh, and you've never, ever taken a step of faith towards God, why don't you do it right now? Ask Jesus to come into your life. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. That's what we celebrate as we take communion. We're celebrating the forgiveness of sins. We've all sinned. You can't work it off. You can't be better than... You might be a person who's nice to all groups all your life. It still doesn't matter. We all have sins and we need forgiveness. Just ask Jesus to come into your life and to forgive you. And you can start your journey of faith this morning. Amen.